Welcome to Awario Marketing Talk, a podcast where we uncover digital marketing secrets. Today I'm interviewing Jake Preislack. Your Twitter handle is a Research Geek, and you are a market researcher. Could you tell me a little bit about yourself and about your passion about market research? Why did, how did you get into it and why did you choose this niche? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I was lucky to have a, a master's in, in research um, for a, a company called England Netball to look after all of the competitive um, international netball in the UK. And it was really research focused. So I worked with the commercial team there looking after sort of commercial research and understanding actually who plays netball and why do they play netball um, and how can they play more often. And it was really fun, really engaging. I could see the sort of return on investment for, for research. So then I sort of fell into to research from there and created a, a blog, like you said, called Research Geek, which if I'm completely honest, at the start, it was just to get a, a bum on a seat at an interview. Um, <laughs> it was for me just to be a little bit opinionated. Um, but now it's sort of grown and grown into a, yeah, what it is today, basically, um, working with different partners and different brands and different technology providers um, around the world, speaking and talking about market research. Oh, great. Is there any specific kind of market research or a specific niche that you like and that you do? Not necessarily. So I'm, I'm a big um, fan of all the sort of latest technology and the latest um, tools and gadgets, what you can use um, to make sure everyone's engaged because not everyone likes research at the end of the day. Some clients will hide behind the table and think they don't want anything to, anything to do with numbers or anything to do with data. So you need to try and use sort of technology, what people find fun and engaging um, to keep them on the, on the project basically and keep them engaged. So I think um, the main part of what I really enjoy is making sure that the, the client or the brand is gaining that sort of return on investment for understanding who their audience is and, and what they're about. So then they can sort of tailor their products or tailor their sort of offering to different people. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the clients are always interested in Roy and for researchers, it's more interesting, like the process itself, of course. For example, when I work, I don't do much research, but sometimes we use our social listening to our barrio for like mm-hmm. writing articles and stuff like that. And we usually do yeah. some fun stuff, like we wrote about coronavirus conspiracies on social media and stuff like that. So for me, it's really <laughs> interesting to look uh, at what people say and like the data around that. It feels like you're talking to people without actually talking to them which is a really nice yeah and, the, yeah, and the, so, the social listening part of it is really interesting mix at the moment because you you don't actually have to ask like you said any questions but you can actually gain some really interesting opinions from from individuals um about a, a specific topic not just in a english language but in languages all around the world and yeah no it's a, a great um tool which has been used more and more to date uh, for brands and for clients as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. But let's go back to market research for a little bit on the whole. Is there like um, main principles or tenants when it comes to market research? What do, do people have to remember when they're doing market research? So I think there's maybe two main principles. So the first one is um, something called quantitative research. So that's where you're dealing with numbers, 
Um, it's generally like a, an online survey where you might be asking someone a yes or no question or a you'll always see the sort of strongly agree to strongly disagree type of questions. Um, and that's something what we call quantitative. And then the other principle is more around sort of qualitative. So that's where it's more like one-to-one -one interviews like this, for example, or in a focus group setting where we've got groups of people around and um, we're trying to delve into a, a discussion or a, a particular topic that we want to sort of understand even more. And then even more now, I think we're getting more challenged on sort of GDPR um, and sort of data protection. We're um, abiding by a lot of the sort of data protection laws, but also making sure that people who are participating in the research, they know why they are participating um, and they know where that information is going and it's not being sort of sold on to different third parties or being used in the wrong way. Uh, do you have a preference towards like quantitative or qualitative research? I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, no. So um, I'm a bit of a, a mixed method kind mm -hmm. of dude, really. Um, so I I love both types. And I think there's quite a lot of value in, in looking at both, uh, especially when you can, you can get benefits from both um, in different scenarios for different, different projects day to day. Um, and what are usually the biggest mistakes people make, marketers make, when it comes to market research? <laughs> of course, you don't yeah. make any mistakes, some, some, so it's completely might, theoretical. Some, some clients might tell, tell me off for giving away <laughs> the, the secrets of all their moaning. Mm -hmm. I think probably one of the bugbearers, what maybe a lot of market researchers will get, is that often we will get that um, a client will say, Oh, in a previous study, we, we got 2,000 responses back. Um, so we're really looking to get maybe 2,500 responses next time. When actually, when you think about it a little bit more, the client doesn't actually need 2,000 responses. Um, there's a particular threshold which will tell individuals that actually, when we meet this particular number, that will represent the entire sort of audience who we're trying to research but it's not always about the biggest number means the best. So yeah, it's a lot of other thinking about there. I think the, the other one, what is a, a big challenge is when clients don't actually know what they want. They know they want to conduct some research about a, a particular topic or about a particular audience, but actually they don't really know what answers they would like to get answered. Um, whether that's down to, I don't know, some clients are very specific and they'll say that we're looking at a new trainer range so we would really like to understand actually what colors are in fashion the most, what type of style is really important to people, what sort of price point is important. Other clients, they might not really know what the main goal of the research is. And they're just trying to find that out basically from, from talking to people like me to understand what could they get out of, out, out of research. Uh, and in this case, if a client doesn't know what exactly their goal is, what do you do? How do you like uh, make it more specific? Um, so I like to do more of a sort of a planning session uh, with individuals. So it's basically going in, going in and thinking about their, their business as a whole and what sort of commercial objectives they get or have. Um, if it's to increase the number of customers that are going to the website or visiting the blog or even just signing up for a free trial, then working back from that, what type of individuals will be most interested in that particular product? And that's the one of the research objectives is actually who would be interested in a, a product like that in a particular country or a area. And then it's working with 
not just a researcher from the client side, but then it's working with maybe a marketeer, salesperson even, and it's bringing in other people into the into the mix basically to uh, research. Yeah, and is it possible to do marketing without any research at all? And if a brand does that, what could be the consequences? Like what could be the... I don't know, bad or good things that come out of it. I don't know if there are good things, there are probably yeah, no, good questions. things. And, good question. So I always say when you're conducting research, it's like when you're going on a bike ride and it's really foggy in front of you, so you can't see a thing at the moment. Um, and that's when you're not conducting any research because you can't see 10 foot in front of you or a mile in front of you. Um, but then when you switch your headlights on, you may you might be able to see 10 foot in front of you more, or you might be able to see that further mile. And that's because you've, you've basically turned on that sort of research switch because you're thinking about what's going to happen in the future and what's going to happen in three or six months um, down the line. Um, so I think it's taking the guesswork out of what your audience is thinking and how how they may interpret a, a marketing campaign or a, a social media campaign that you might be paying a lot of money for from a like a paid advertising perspective. And sometimes people I know even who are sort of guessing when they're paying a lot of money on sort of Twitter ads or, or Facebook advertising and actually they're maybe a little bit unsure who that audience really is and they need to be really specific on who they communicate to. Yeah, eventually it's all about people, so you should know the people you're advertising to. Absolutely. So market research is quite popular right now, as I understand. Not popular, but like it's essential. And uh, I wonder what are current trends in market research? What are some, I don't know, tools or techniques that market researchers use right now? And what can we expect in the future? Yeah, good question again. So I think the role of um, sort of technology is rapidly increasing, especially with the sort of introduction of COVID-19 with more people at home. So sort of the use of sort of WhatsApp and other sort of social media channels to conduct market research is going to really, um, really increase in this year, I think, just with the amount of people on mobile phones and another vital role will be that sort of social listening side of thing. So actually understanding what people are thinking about and talking about online, whether that's about a brand or about government even, Donald Trump even, um, and basically understand without asking them, what are they thinking in the moment? So then brands or, or government can actually react to those sort of things from a sort of a local point of view. Thank you for your answer. And uh, could you tell me a bit more about social listening? I don't know if it's too specific, but maybe you could give me an example of how social listening could be used in market research. Yeah, sure. One example can be thinking about um, a sort of a retail brand. So obviously when you're when you're a retail brand, you're thinking maybe six or 12 months in advance when you're looking at new product development or what fashion is going to be in the moment or, or what types of fashion is going to be thought about the most in six or 12 months. That's really hard for a big brand like that. So if you're using social listening, then you can actually understand, well, what, what type of clothing are people wearing during particular seasons? What sort of colors are they? Are they changing? year on year is there a particular color what's really in fashion in 2021 is that maybe now more vintage are people going more for vintage clothing now in comparison to uh, colors and then you can try and take 
paint a picture of actually what could 2022 look like, what type of clothing could individuals be interested in to then create new new products or new colors um, to then test with test with individuals in a sort of a testing environment. Uh, I see. I also wanted to ask you, like social listening tools usually offer a lot of uh, various types of analytics and metrics when they gather data and process data. I know that probably all of them are important, but are there any metrics, for example, I don't know, sentiment analysis or like gender, location, something like that, that is more important for market research than other metrics? Sentiment is really important. Um, but then I think the social listening tools do a great job of sort of searching for different pieces of content and then sort of categorizing it into a um, particular sentiment. But then sometimes it's really useful then to have that sort of human behind those. So they analyze those sort of comments and look at actually why was someone really positive about a, a brand or about a particular individual or why was someone negative about that? So then when we go back to the client or when the brand's looking at the the piece of work, they can actually understand what they might need to improve on in the future. One thing I really like actually, and it's it's only really simple, but it's even looking at where the commentary is coming from, from an international point of view. And you can sort of reflect on actually where where are your sort of customers or where your fans are. Um, and sometimes you can be really surprised that you've got a, a small pocket of individuals from a, a particular country you might not have even heard of before. You <laughs> um, were sort of talking about you behind the scenes and you can create new connections and uh, sort of a stronger network from that. Uh, thank you. And for the last question, could you like, if there is a brand that haven't tried market research yet or haven't really done it like in a planned, thorough way, and after this interview, they want to try it, what tip would you give them besides hiring yeah, you, of course? <laughs> Maybe if they could uh, like um, start uh, with with their own uh, resources, like maybe a marketer wants to try get into market research. What where could they start with that? Um, so I think there's there's a lot of different sort of DIY tools out there to start. Um, so you can create your own sort of online survey on sort of Google Forms or Typeform, Survey Monkey, or survey your database about different topics or different opinions. But I, I would always, before you start, I would always think about what, like we mentioned before, think about like what are the reasons for conducting the research in the first place, because you could spend hours creating a, a questionnaire and then looking through the results, but actually you don't really know what you're you're looking for in the first place. So I think, yeah, having a, a good understanding of those sort of objectives and what you're you're looking for is quite key before you even put pen to paper with ideas and thoughts. And then, yeah, get in touch with Jake. <laughs> and of course, since I work at Avario, I must say that if you want to try social listening, you can also try Avario, yeah? Um, okay, thank you, Jake. Um, where could people find you if they want to find you after this interview? Um, so if you, you can look on Twitter, um, I'm putting Research Geek on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, or if you put in Research Geek in Google, then my website should pop up quite easily and happy to connect with anyone on sort of LinkedIn or any other places as well. Thank you for the conversation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Awario Marketing Talk. Hit the subscribe button if you are new to our talks. 
If you are a long-term listener, do not forget to like, comment, and share. Leave the questions down below if you want us to cover some specific topic. Stay tuned for our updates.